Welcome back, nerds. It's another installment of Batman University. It's me, your internet buddy, Tony Sindelar. Uh, I'm here in the Batcave. I guess that's where we hold classes at Batman University. Uh, with a returning scholar to uh, Batman University. It's uh, from, from well, you may remember her from last summer. Uh, we discussed the classic episode POV. Uh, she's back to talk about a, a movie. We'll, I'll reveal the title of in just a second. Or you may have already seen it in the title of this podcast. Uh, but my guest today is comics enthusiast uh, Sam Einhorn. Sam, welcome back. Hello, thank you for having me. It's great to be in the Batcave. Yeah, it's, you know, mind your head. There's some low low ceilings and also some uh, deep pits in the, in the floor. It's uh, <laughs> probably not up to any kind of uh, uh, classroom safety codes. Sorry. Grease some palms. That's fine. Yeah. You, you know, Batman's got the money. Yeah. Uh, so, Sam, you assigned uh, me the, the movie uh, Batman Mystery of... Uh, sorry, let me just make sure I get the exact same thing here. Uh, Batman Mystery of the Batwoman. Uh, so pe- people who have been listening to the podcast this season know that we kind of expanded the scope of things a little bit. And the, it was not limited to Batman the Animated Series episodes this time around. We've talked about some uh, variety of other things, ba- Brave and the Bold, Justice League, and, and other uh, ancillary Batman stuff. But uh, this is pretty close to Batman the Animated Series in that it's one of three movies that is kind of following up on the Batman Animated Series. And this was something I had not seen before. Somehow this had fallen through the cracks. I had seen Mask of the Phantasm a couple times, which is the first movie, and I'd seen Sub-Zero once, and now I've seen this, but somehow I was I was incomplete, and now I'm a little bit better. So I'm, I'm glad I could help you round it yeah. up. Yeah, it, it is fun to see things that I have not seen before, because, I mean, I like Batman a lot, but there's a lot of rewatching Batman animated series episodes that I've seen a dozen times, which, you know, I don't mind. Obviously I started a podcast with that as a premise, uh, right. but, but I enjoy seeing something that I have not seen before uh, that I enjoy. I have also uh, recently had to watch some other Batman media that I did not enjoy, but we won't, we won't go into that. Um, uh, always tough. Yeah. So could you tell me a little bit about why you chose uh, this particular uh, Batman property to have us, to have us watch? Sure. So as with the episode I picked for you, I'm a fan of the character of Batwoman, um, as I was the fan of Renee Montoya. So, and they're of course related in the comics. Um, and that's actually how I discovered this movie. And I thought it would be sort of a fun, I mean, Batwoman doesn't really show up in the show itself. And it's a really like, it's a standalone Batwoman adventure, despite not being and we'll get into that uh, exactly the same Batwoman that you know we know and love from the comics. Um, but yeah, so I picked this one because, I, and I had recently re- revisited Mask of the Phantasm when they announced that they were going to re-release it on Blu-ray or uh, uh, remastered, and was like, oh, I haven't seen the Batwoman movie in a really long time. I wonder if it holds up. And then about three weeks later, you emailed me, so it was really perfect timing how we like to do things here it's perfect accidental yeah. timing um yeah so um i have seen batwoman appear a couple times in the in the comics but i think i i'm probably i i know that i am nowhere near the uh the deep comics nerd that you are um and i think i've mainly seen her pop up in uh kind of crossover type stuff because i'm not sure if i've ever actually read any of the, the batwoman just main titles but she appears in a, in a decent amount of the crossover kind of bat family uh events when, when things happen sometimes the bat family feels like unwieldy uh in terms of how many people there are um yeah and so i feel like i only kind of recently uh learned about this character uh and in fact i i felt bad at first because i was i was just recently reading uh, something that had both uh batwoman who is kate kate kane um, Kate Kane, yeah. And there is a Cassandra Kane character in recently introduced in Batman or reintroduced maybe. Uh and I yeah. I assume that different spelling. Yes, different <laughs> spelling. I assume that those characters were related or connected. They're not. Their names are just like, you know, homonyms. Yeah. Um, but it, yes. one is Kane K A N E and one is Kane C A I N. Uh I thought that was confusing, but that's that's how it goes with comics. Yeah, such as such is the comic life, I think. And in fact, Kane Rhymes with Wayne, mm-hmm. which is great because they're cousins <laughs> yes. in cu- current continuity. Uh, I wasn't entirely so. Is there a, a, like a family tree that shows like how exactly Batman and, and Cat Kane are related, or is it more just kind of yeah. nebulously? I know Martha Wayne is a Kane that married into the Wayne family. Exactly. Gotcha. So first off, there are two Kanes who have had the name Batwoman, and there's the old like I guess I guess Silver Age maybe. 
Batwoman who was Kathy Kane, mm-hmm. who was not related to Batman. And I think, as far as I know, I haven't actually read a ton of her books. Um, she has been in recent comics, but not in any sort of Batwoman way. And then Kate Kane, who's the current Batwoman, because comics, let's just like, yep. make them as close as possible, <laughs> whose mother was Bruce Wayne's mother's sister. Gotcha. So Bruce Wayne's mother, Martha, mm-hmm. as we all remember, uh, is Kate's aunt. Mm-hmm. Okay, cool. And it yeah. seems like, at least in the, the appearance I, I saw, uh, it, it had, uh, I forget if it's a Kate, it's father or uncle. It was somebody in the Kane family. And it seemed like there's a decent amount of kind of friction and bad blood between the Kane family and the Wayne family. Is that, is that uh, accurate? There's a decent amount of friction between Kate's dad and everybody right now. Gotcha. So... There's a whole, like, and I highly recommend, uh, particularly, like, her early run written by Greg Rucka. Um, oh, I should read. I love Greg Rucka, so I should Yeah, so that's out. the theme with me. If, like, Greg Rucka has written it, I'll probably read it. That is, like, that's uh, a pretty good system as far as I'm concerned. So Yeah, and he's actually, he's the guy who reintroduced her to DC Comics continuity. Mm-hmm. So if, if you want, like, a quick spiel of Kate, Kate Kane, is uh, during the 52 event, uh, about, I don't know, 10 years ago now, she showed up in it um, as Batwoman. And uh, from there, she spun off into her own. She was in her own comic. Well, she was in Detective Comics, but she was the lead in Detective Comics for a long time. Uh, written by Greg Rucka with art by J.H. Williams III, which was just like fabulous, beautiful art. And then Rucka left. J.H. Williams III took over writing duties. Um, this is over a couple years. And they all developed her story. Um, she was in the military, so she's a military background. And um, she it was announced by PR as uh, an openly lesbian character before she even appeared, I think. I don't really remember. And honestly, that's like, I mean, I was reading 52 anyway, but mm-hmm. that was exciting for me. Um, and Don't Ask, Don't Tell played a big part in her story. Um, and still does, although it's becoming less relevant as we move forward and comic characters don't age. <laughs> Um, (laughs) you know, (laughs) eventually they will not be able to use that as part of her trauma, but, um, through Rucka's run and then through the, we, we learned about her traumatic background and what the, her dad was in the army. So she grew up an army brat. She, her, something bad happened to her family. I don't want to go into it because I really think people should read it. Mm -hmm. Um, uh, and then she grows up and and decides to take after her cousin. And and right now she's got her own book, and she's also uh, one of the leads in Detective Comics, which is probably where you saw her with I, I Cassandra think, Kane. I think it was the first volume of the. I I you're you're more up on the terminology than I am. I'm not sure what the new reboot of stuff yeah. is. What is that? Is is there a name? Rebirth. Rebirth. Okay, so it was it yeah. was DC Comics Rebirth Detective Comics number one, uh, yeah. and basically. Batman basically recognizes that her military training makes her like way more qualified to train other people than he is. And so yep. he has her training Cass Kane and uh, Robin and I, I think um, spoiler spoiler who I, yep. I, I didn't know who that character was before they popped up in, De- in detective comics. And also oh, really cool. and also strangely, uh, which I thought was a very interesting mix to the team. Clayface. Um, yep. yep. And just just the cover of that that uh, collection, I was just like, what is going on here? Why are these people yeah. all together? I want to know what's going on. And I, I really enjoyed it. And I, I, I kind of, I mean, I, I'm not reading nearly as much DC stuff as you are, but I feel like I kind of go hot and cold on different Batman things. Uh, but that yep. one, that one was one that I really enjoyed. So uh. I, I agree with you. Uh, with Rebirth, I've been in this weird position where I'm reading way more Batman than Superman, which is like titles, mm-hmm. which has never happened to me in my life. And Detective Comics is the one I like have really, really stuck with. It's a really great team book. Um, and the team shifts a little bit throughout the series, but uh, Clayface stays there and is fantastic that is uh, and, i love it it's just so yeah, wacky it, and out there <laughs> he has a very similar feel like he and cassandra kane have a very similar feel to uh scandal savage and um bane mm-hmm. from uh gail simone's secret six yep. run I've which was great that, so yeah yeah so like the big brother little sister kind of vibe mm-hmm. it's really really enjoyable yeah anyway batwoman yeah so batwoman <laughs> is up there as far as your favorite uh, comics characters, um, it, it, and so she is a she is a like an openly gay character that they they incorporate that into her storylines, and that's still yep. pretty rare in terms of I mean I know there's a decent number of gay characters, but in terms of kind of lead gay characters that have their own title, right? I mean that's in the in DC yeah. and Marvel that's still 
few and far between, right? Yeah, I think so. Like, I think I'm not sure what the status of Midnighter was, and Apollo is right now. Yeah, I've read Midnighter, and I was, I was, yeah. I was like the next one I would think of, basically. <laughs> yeah, um, exactly. So it's it's a basically I think right now it's her and Midnighter mm-hmm. who are leads at DC, and I'm not entirely sure at Marvel. I think it's just like America. Um, I don't think any of the oh, and Iceman mm-hmm. um, are the two over at Marvel, as far as I know. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so she's any. She was even more rare in like 2006 when she first popped up. Um, I think she was the only one, and it was a big deal because she wasn't just like, you know, Renee Montoya was gay, but she was Renee Montoya. She wasn't like a name character, and even when she became the question later, you know, the question is, except for us like gigantic nerds, mm-hmm. the question's not one of the Trinity or one of the Trinity family, right? Yeah. So having her be openly gay and have the bat symbol on her chest was a really big deal. Yeah. And, you know, it is interesting. I feel like probably um, Batwoman is not as well-known a character to a lot of people. Um, You know, I I mean, I think far more people are familiar with Batgirl. And and some of that just has to do with kind of how long that character has been around versus this one. Uh, You know, when I when I told people I was watching this and the title of this, they're like, oh, is that is that where is it about Barbara Gordon? Uh, Because the assumption is like this would, you know, Batwoman would be the title that Batgirl would eventually graduate to uh, Robin to Nightwing style. Uh, So, it's, I mean, I guess if if you're not familiar with the the whole Bat family, it can be a little confusing. Um, But this is kind of this really great other character uh, that that is totally part part of all all the uh, the Bat media. And it's cool that it's now kind of part of the the DC animated universe. Um, Yeah. And I sort of appreciate DC's kind of commitment to keeping her around um and involved in things like there have been especially between like convergence new 52 and rebirth all these things happening they trimmed a lot of the fat at dc and they kept her around and like really committed to like having her be a main player um at least in the bat books so that's that's really nice so i think we should uh we should dive into talking about the uh the movie um so again we watched uh batman mystery of the batwoman which was this was basically kind of like a direct to dvd i don't know if it would have been direct to vhs back then um but probably yeah so direct to video uh animated movie that is kind of kind of the uh, the last movie in the the batman animated series run i guess it gets a little confusing with how you count the continuity of uh batman beyond stuff and you know actual time versus (laughs) timeline time um but the uh, the premise of this, so I, I'll, I'll tell you, listeners, right now, um, we'll we'll have a spoiler horn in this episode because this the movie is called The Mystery of the Batwoman. There is a mystery, uh, and we will, you know, if you're still listening and haven't gone out and watched this, that's fine. Stay with us for a little bit. We'll let you know before we get into uh, to the real spoiler stuff um, because we don't want to ruin that for you. But basically, the the premise of this uh, short movie, and it's it's pretty short. It's um, I I think it's like uh, less than ninety minutes, even. Yeah, yeah, just a little oh, bit over an hour, really. Yeah, sorry, I, I was wrong. I'm reading Wikipedia. Seventy-two minutes. <laughs> so yeah, it's it's short, um, and it's you know it it does feel like a movie. It doesn't feel like you know three or four episodes stitched together. Uh, it do, it does kind of flow together, and it, I you know I think the animation style is you know their their budget was probably higher than the episodes, and it so it looks pretty solid. Uh, probably not as fancy expensive as Mask of the Phantasm, but still totally solid. I would say. Uh, but the basic premise is that uh, this Batwoman character, as mentioned in the title, is shown up in Gotham and is causing trouble. And Batman has no idea who this person is and uh, is not happy about the, the trouble that's being happened. And specifically, um, she's uh, Batwoman is shown as being, uh, I would say, somewhat ruthless. Uh, in the the very first scene, she assaults kind of a, like a, a weapons shipment and is using uh, rifles and well, like space age science plasma rifles to to shoot at people. And just like that first scene of like seeing a person with you know in a Batman like costume holding a gun, like triggered some cognitive dissonance in me. And I'm like, that's not right. Yeah. Um, yeah. So Batman and and Robin is in this uh, briefly are very curious, less concerned about who this is. And the movie introduces several characters uh, right around at the beginning who are hanging out in Gotham, who are, you know, I guess they've always been there. But the movie suggests that they're important, which I think is basically to give you three possible identities uh, for for who could be Batwoman. And I'll I'll give you the names here. Uh, I'm reading them because they're characters I hadn't seen before and I want to make sure I get them right. So we've got um, Kathy Duquesne. 
Duquesne? It's Duquesne, Duquesne. which is very interesting. Yeah, very red herringy, yeah. uh, possibly, mm. to things we've talked about before. And she is the daughter of a new crime boss uh, that we or we meet in this um, in, in this episode. And then there's uh, Dr. Roxy Ballantine, who is a research scientist at uh, Wayne Industries, uh, who Batman, uh, who Bruce Wayne has dinner with. Um, and then there's also a detective who is Bullock's new partner, which made me wonder where Rene Montoya was. And in fact, when they first showed her, I'm like, is that a new like redesigned Rene Montoya? Uh-huh. But they make a big deal with saying her name right away and making it clear that it's not uh, Detective uh, Sonia Alcana. So those are the kind of three people that uh, the, the, you're definitely s- supposed to believe that uh, the identity of Batwoman could be one of these three people. Uh, so we won't we won't get into the uh, the, the reveal or, or anything spoilery yet. Um, but yeah, I mean, do you want to jump into things that you th- you thought were interesting about kind of the premise of the the movie or how it opens or how it sets things up? Yeah, so I really liked the opening scene. Um, it was a really nice, you know, it seemed like a really cool introduction to the character. You see this person in this it, almost Batman Beyond esque mm-hmm. uh, bat suit. The suit, uh, for those of you who haven't watched it, the suit is gray, covers batwoman's entire body including the mouth so it's not a, the traditional batman cowl and that's why i say it looks more like batman beyond and has and his color uh, her bat symbol is red mm-hmm. um so you see her and you see her just sort of go to town on these bad guys and she's just like not brutal in the way that i see some vigilantes be b- brutal in comics but very like she doesn't pull punches yeah. and you're right she she uses guns and i you know that seemed like a very clear choice and uh, notably, sort of towards the end of the chase, once Batman and Robin show up, she kind of like lets a truck go off a bridge. Yeah, there's there's a lot, um, a lot of explosions. Uh, yeah, seems like a little less concern for collateral damage than other DC heroes. Yeah, and that sort of sets her on the immediate like uh, in Batman's sights as someone he has to stop as opposed to work with, which I thought was really interesting mm-hmm. and really kind of affects how he handles the whole investigation going forward i think Mm -hmm. but um yeah i thought it was a really like a very solid opening to introduce a brand new character Mm -hmm. and you know i think your comparison to to batman beyond is like really spot on just in terms of the visual design uh she can also uh basically kind of fly in that she has this kind of rocket sled thing it kind of reminded me of the the thing the the green goblin uses in spider-man yes Um, i thought of that several times yes uh i also just recently watched uh nausicaa valley of the wind which has the main character in that has a similar kind of you know uh hang glidery rocket sled type vehicle that they can use to get around uh which Mm -hmm. you know i just watched some batman beyond recently where that that version of batman can fly because he has rockets in his suit uh so you know we still have this similar kind of character where to batman in that they don't have uh, superpowers per se, but they're very tough and they're a great fighter and they have uh, these uh, impressive gadgetry. And uh, Batwoman's gadgetry is actually maybe maybe uh, a generation above uh, Batman who still has to fly around in a plane. He doesn't have a rocket sled. Yeah, he um, doesn't have a rocket sled. So, yeah. There's even a scene I... where she's like going to make her escape and she like signals for her rocket sled and it like kind of like scoots past the... Uh, the uh, the bat plane, uh, I guess it could pro- maybe it's faster than bat plane too, and it's like, yeah, you, you know, that's way more convenient than what you got going on. <laughs> yeah, it's interesting. It really seems like I think, I mean, I don't know all the continuity and timelines of all the animated stuff, but uh, there's a, a very brief scene with uh, Barbara, and she's at college, so I, I think like this is slightly past what we're used to for Batman anyway. So it's interesting sort of that like very incrementally taking the Mm -hmm. technology forward. And I can absolutely see Batman being super stubborn and just upgrading the technology he has. Mm -hmm. Um, And like he'll embrace new technology in certain places, but like he loves that bad plan. (laughs) Yeah. Um, Until someone blows it up, then then he'll invest in the next generation. But until then, it's, you know, tried and true. Um, So we learned that the, uh, the, the weapons shipment is, uh, basically the result of a team-up between three villains. Uh, so we've got uh, the Penguin, and this is kind of a redesigned Penguin for the, the new Batman adventures. Um, I'm not as big a fan of this d- design just because I think I like the old design so much. Um, yeah, I agree. And there's a different voice actor, which, I mean, I think probably they're fine, 
but to me it's different and I'm bad at change so I don't like it <laughs> <laughs> no I agree when you especially with animated stuff when mm-hmm. you're used to a particular voice actor and it's somebody different it's very like strange yes and this this version of the penguin I think it's fine it's probably it's closer to probably other you know different versions of the animation kind of are impacted by different versions of the movies and whatnot. And those impact each other. And and this version of the penguin is a little bit more like he's the proper gentleman who happens to be involved in criminal activities and the, uh, you know, and he has a fancy vocabulary and whatnot. Whereas the other version of the penguin we had in the Batman animated series seemed more inspired by the kind of Danny DeVito Batman where he, uh, Danny DeVito penguin, where he's, uh, you know, strangely shaped and he has uh his his hands are flipper like and he speaks with kind of uh his uh speaking like a fancy rich person is uh it feels more like fake basically right yeah it's a little more effective yes it's much more effective that's exactly the right way to describe it yeah um it it feels like he's he's putting on airs whereas this version of the penguin just seems fancy (laughs) so yes he's just a fancy guy in a suit yeah um, who, you know, I guess because he wears a tuxedo and, and runs a club called the Iceberg Lounge has taken on the name The Penguin. Uh, yeah, and his factory, I don't know if you noticed his factory, it was something like Beaks Brick-a-Brack or yes. something like that. And it had kind which, of a pigeon logo for their, I, yeah. I don't know how any of these villains stay in business when they're like that attached to their yeah. puns related to exactly who they are. Yeah, it, it seems like, like, you know, it's one thing if you want to operate the Iceberg Lounge, that's fine. That's like a legitimate front business. But your illegal weapons factory, like, how about you just, like, you, you get, you know, like a textile factory. And just Right, you, exactly. You know. As opposed to, like, hey, the penguin might be here. Yeah, branding is, it's they take it too far. Um, they do. So. so the penguin, who is kind of one of our classic, uh, and this version of the penguin is a little bit more just gangster than supervillain. And he is teamed up with uh, Rupert Thorne who people may remember from uh, multiple appearances in the Batman Anna series. He's kind of the uh, reoccurring uh, organized crime villain that we see. He's he's not a supervillain. He he's just a guy in a suit who has a, an elaborate criminal organization that works for him. And he's kind of ruthless, but he, he is not, he was not bitten by a gangster, a radioactive gangster or anything like that. He's just, <laughs> just a career criminal. Uh, and then this new uh, villain who's introduced, who's uh, Duquesne, who is the, the father of uh, one of the women that is also introduced, uh, who seems to be kind of introduced as, uh, he's also a apparently fancy successful gangster. He lives in a penthouse. I assume he's doing okay. Uh, yeah, he seems to live an okay life. He's got a lot of guys who work for him. Yeah, so, you know, he's doing good. And people seem to be familiar with his, he seems to be somewhat infamous in Gotham. So he's 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 been around. Uh, but the three of them are involved in some kind of uh, weapons deal uh, with the, uh, the the nation of Kaznia, which comes up uh, across the DC animated stuff basically whenever they need uh, an evil country uh, is Kaznia. <laughs> so yep, um, yeah. Um, so I think we should we should talk a little bit about stuff that happens in the plot that is going to be spoilers. So if you're still listening and you haven't gone out and watched um, Mystery of the Batwoman. I would suggest this might be a good place to pause because, like, you know, there there are some twists here, and I think it's 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 fun to see those first before you hear us talk about them. Uh, I watched this on Amazon today, so it's it's a you can totally just go out and stream it if that's something you want to do. Yeah. Welcome back. Hope you enjoyed it. So I I think that the the mystery element of this is really fun, and there's totally the kind of play of which of these three women uh, could be uh, could be Batwoman. Um, and they do kind of different things to kind of lead you in one one or the other. Um, I did kind of guess the reveal pretty early on, but mainly in yeah. the sense of, you know, what would be cool is what I said out loud to the person watching it with me. If it was big spoiler, you're, if you, you shouldn't be listening to this, if you don't know, the reveal is that uh, Batwoman is basically all three of them because they each have like things to contribute to uh, creating, you know, a hero that or, or I don't know if she counts as a hero, but um anti-hero uh, i would count her as a hero yeah um, she's a hero i actually have a lot of thoughts about that mm-hmm. her heroic position and uh, in relation well their heroic position in relation to batman in particular mm-hmm. um but yeah so it's all three i mean do you want to talk about the different women first yeah sure and then, yeah Wh- who should we start with I think we should start with Kathy Duquesne because that's, I think, who they wanted us to hardcore think was Batwoman. That was certainly, like, I heard that name and I was like, oh, so it's going to be her, right? But I know that just because I went and, and have read comics. 
but right. but then there's all the stuff where it's not the Kane family. So that then I was like, I don't know what's going on. Uh, and that seems like kind of the first one that they. I mean, that's the one that basically Batman thinks this is who yes. it is until things later suggest that it's not. What's interesting is he dates her, yes. like as Bruce Wayne, which uh, is kind of weird. <laughs> it's sort. I think his behavior in this is just super weird. It's it's like peak creepy Batman. It kind of is, um, especially I feel like combined with the brief uh uh barbara gordon scene where he's like basically like ducking her calls because uh, yeah. she seems like sh- i don't know if they have had a relationship at this point or she has a crush on him or something because uh, i know there's basically i'm un- i'm unclear if they it is like hinted that they have a relationship or they legit confirmed had a relationship i know there's other batman media that later kind of goes further into that and that the depictions of that are not well regarded. Um, yeah, I think my understanding and is that vague memories in Batman Beyond mm-hmm. they mention that they had had a relationship. Gotcha. And I wasn't um, I wasn't sure if it was like we have history or like oh we used to date. Um, but you you think? Yeah, I don't remember the exact. I just remember like a vague reference to it and me going like that's weird. Yeah, it, I mean um, it. There's a pretty substantial age difference there, and, like... Huge! Yeah, and she's also... And, like, you know, I mean, I know she has a father, but, like, the Batman-Batgirl relationship is seems, like, kind of, like, you know, father figure So, yeah. Yeah! It's... Like, I understand that, like, back in the day in the TV show, she... I Didn't they write her in as, like, one of the reasons she wanted to do it is because she had a crush on Batman? But also... I mean, eh, the scene where he's talking to her, he's sitting next to his, like, 13-year-old ward while she, who is in college, so she's probably closer in age to Tim, Mm -hmm. is talking. It it was just very strange. And, like, a very – and maybe it would have felt better were I watching everything all at once straight through. It wouldn't have felt like so much of a non sequitur, but it felt like a huge non sequitur. I, You know, I mean, I think it felt like that to me, too. And I've watched a lot of stuff recently, though not necessarily in the right order. So – I don't know. I, yeah. I think I was pretty similarly thrown by it. Um, I, I wonder if they sort of threw that in there to give you like, oh, it's definitely not Barbara. She's off at college. I guess so. It it almost it, it didn't feel completely necessary, but maybe maybe they really just needed to hammer home that that's not who it is and it can't be her. Um, yeah. So, yeah. So he dates Kathy Duquesne and they go out to the Iceberg Lounge together. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that whole thing. I mean, it was very nice. It was it was like the their dating part was kind of sweet and like bonding and and stuff it was just then once he suspected her of being batwoman it became weird like at one point i think he literally rifles through her drawers mm-hmm. and that was just a little strange yeah it it's weird because i feel like they kind of take i mean i think there's probably a lot of parallels here in this in this uh movie to things that we've seen with the batman catwoman relationship right yeah Where, like uh-huh. who knows what when and and like you know like are they in love slash how complicated is that because of their different roles uh but somehow it, and, and it comes like i feel like those similar things and maybe some of it's just how it gets compressed and some of it is how they are different here feels creepier mm-hmm. so no you're right it feels weird and it's it's interesting because her character design looks a lot like catwoman when catwoman doesn't have blonde hair and whatever you know if she's in and, and all three of the women have the exact same body type yeah. and it's that very like tiny tiny waist hips like uh almond shaped eye like it's yeah. the batman anime series women's body type yeah and th- i mean there's even kind of like I, at one point a reference to like uh you know to somebody who I, I think it's to uh the the scientist dr roxanne like he's saying that she uh must be batwoman because she's the right body type but, but they're all the right. right body type and it's like yeah you know like i mean maybe you want them to be that way because that makes it the mystery but also like it is also the thing where it's like it's this in this animated universe all the women have the same body type and that's not so great um yeah like she doctored you know rocky could have at any point like turned around and been harley quinn and i wouldn't have been surprised yeah and i and you know and i, I and even kind of uh, I, I mean, I think her costume is, is cool, the kind of silver and red, but the, like, the Batgirl, uh, sorry, not Batgirl, Batwoman uh, costume and, and how that character is, is a little bit more kind of sexualized than, like, Batgirl and, and kind of yeah. perhaps than it needed to be, I guess. Um, yeah, it's hard when you have, like, a form-fitting yes. suit like that, but I guess they do it in the comics. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. I You know, it, it, she was a more adult character, which, so it didn't feel as, although I'm not entirely sure how old 
Kathy Duquesne is because she still lives with her dad. And I don't know if that was just a he was possessive of her kind of thing because they have that rocky relationship mm-hmm. or that was a she's not old enough to be on her own yet. And Bruce is being gross. again. Yeah. <laughs> oh, Bruce. Um, <laughs> oh, Bruce. Yeah. Um, so that's that's Kathy Duquesne. Anything else we should say about her? Uh, I mean, her mom died. Yep. So when she was young, that's the thing she and uh, Bruce kind of bond over. She, her mom was shot, and she blames her dad. So that's sort of like why Bruce thinks she might be the bad woman yeah. because she wants to kind of get revenge. And so, and each of the three women basically has their they have kind of their motive in terms of which of the three uh, villains they're kind of out to get. And then what they bring to the relationship uh, or relationship, the teamwork of the bring to the combined identity of of Batwoman. Yeah. It's kind of a relationship. So Kathy Kane is like, she it's, she's depicted as being like, uh, I don't know, Olympic level, but like extremely talented athlete and has money. Right. So. Yeah. So she, she's the money of the operation. Yeah. Uh, Let's, let's talk about, uh, uh, Dr. Roxanne uh, or Rocky as okay. she's frequently Rocky, yeah. referred to. So there's like, Oh, she's introduced in kind of a weird scene where she's given a presentation at uh, Wayne enterprises and is like awkwardly flipping things and then basically skips to the like, here, let me actually show you the thing. And she has created this uh, crazy liquid metal that can be programmed to do stuff. So uh, kind of amazing future scientist. Uh, yeah. So she's the brains. Yeah. Um, and her fiance has been in jail because he was framed. Yes, by right? by the penguin apparently. Um, right. Yeah. And yeah. she may be the one that. Do you think maybe she gets? I I, I don't know. They they focus a lot more. We kind of learn a lot more and spend a lot more time with Kathy Duquesne than the uh, the other two. Uh, but maybe I, I'm not sure which of the the other two gets kind of shortchanged the most. Um, yeah, it's weird. You know, I think. On one hand, I think Rocky gets more screen time mm-hmm. than Sonya, but Rocky's screen time I don't think it, is put to good use. It feels more kind of just plot instead of character, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. In that, you know, we establish that she is a scientist and she is capable of creating this fancy special, you know, science fiction MacGuffin that we will see Batwoman use yes. later, which is that... Chekhov's ch- shape change yes. <laughs> Which So Batwoman will use that, and so you, then you're supposed to think, well, then she must be Batwoman. Um, right. Yes. Um, yeah, and her her fiance is kind of a jerk to her, and I don't know. It's and she's voiced by Kelly Ripa, which really took me out of it. <laughs> yeah, um, you know, honestly, I don't remember. I I didn't pay attention to voice actors as much. I think when I first watched mm-hmm. it, because I, I first watched it probably around 2006 or 2007 because of Batwoman mm-hmm. comic, and so I don't think I was paying so much attention. And this time I was paying attention, and I recognized Kathy Duquesne is voiced by Kimberly Brooks, who voices a lot of who a lot of characters but she's a voice in um mass effect so mm-hmm. uh that takes me out of it and then kelly ripa is kelly ripa so <laughs> that takes me out of it mm-hmm. but yeah and they do make the i mean i think it's a, probably a clever choice that uh batwoman is voiced by a fourth voice actress so it's yes. never the voice of one of the it's never one of the three of them or even alternating the three of them or uh one of them doing an affectation or you know a, a batman voice it's literally right. just a different voice actor um, yeah i thought that was a really smart choice because i was like wait do we know who it is just based on voice and it's like i don't know yeah. if i'm supposed to know because i don't know but maybe someone who is better hearing than i do would be able to totally know from like the second scene who, who batwoman is um yeah yeah uh, and so we, and then we've got the the third character, um, Sonia Alcana, and I, I, you know, I was kind of curious because it seemed like a lot of parallels uh, between this character and Renee Montoya, but like we need someone who's not Renee Montoya. Yeah, I mean, essentially, she has, from what I can tell, she seems almost exactly the same. Like, don't so. they have the same? Don't they even have a similar? I, she tells the story to Batman about how Batman saved her when like her parents' store was on fire, and they, yep. and I was like, didn't. Didn't I read that same story in like uh, Gotham Central from Renee Montoya, or was it, you know? It wasn't. I don't think it was. I don't think Batman saved her as like when she was younger. Mm-hmm. But like her father owns a shop yeah. in Gotham. Like her, their parents own a store and they live above it. And you know, I, there's allowed to be more than one store in Gotham, but like it still felt like this is Renee yes. Montoya. But we don't want to suggest that Renee Montoya might be Batwoman. So this is which is yeah kind of interesting considering where Renee Montoya goes yeah. later. But like yeah, it's clearly like we can't make Renee Montoya. Batwoman because we 
because she's Renee Montoya, but let's just do her yeah. anyway and call her someone else. So she's the detective and basically brings the kind of uh, law enforcement perspective in terms of like thinking about how criminal, or, you know, I, I assume that, you know, uh, the scientist is providing the engineering brains. She's providing the like the plan brains. Uh-huh. Yeah, and she apparently brought the t- other two together. Yes. So the other two didn't know each other, and she's the tie between all of them. I kind of wish they had gone more into that. Like, I th- yeah. like that's kind of the the reveal is that uh, with Robin's computer help, uh, they figure out that 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 you know, Kathy Duquesne and uh, Doctor Rocky don't know each other, but Detective Sonia is the missing is the link between them, and it's and it's not a super exciting link, and it's like she, you know you took our classes with her and she was your college roommate. And like, I wanted it to be like something like more like, I don't know, Forged in Fire where it's like, and this is how we came to discuss like our tragic current lives and like, or something. Right. Yeah. I feel like for a movie with such a short runtime, they could have used an extra 10 minutes, even in like a funny flashback, not Mm -hmm. funny, but like a flashback scene or something like that. Because also the way Batman finds the link, like the art thing, this is the whole rifling through the drawers. Mm -hmm scene and he like looks at flips through drawings and is like oh kathy's a good draw like kathy has a good eye and she drew you and like that's i mean drawing someone is a real weird Mm -hmm. i mean if i guess if you're in a class it's fine but it's just there seems to be so much that they didn't say that they could have said Mm -hmm. about how these three women work together like how they how this even came up you know that kind of thing and and none of it seems to come from a bad place i i would that's why i say i mean i would call them either a hero or an anti-hero yeah. um because their their intent i guess is as good as batman's intent which mm-hmm. is either revenge or keeping the streets safe um or you know so it, it's just sort of weird that their motive is so like one note mm-hmm. yeah i i wanted a little bit more from that i think it's still it, it's it's still fun and i you know i like the reveal uh, it's great where we have this scene and and Batwoman's on her uh, her, her rocket sled and she goes into this little hideout in the sewers and uh, I I forget who steps out but uh, you know basically I, I think it maybe it's the detective first steps out of the shadows and then and we're like oh so it's, it can't be her but there they, the the reveal is that they're working together and then the third one steps out and then she takes off the mask and we see them all together in the one shot and then later they establish specifically that like they are all batwoman because they all have their own costumes and their own rocket sled and are and are trading off uh, which was yeah. great i was like as soon as we reveal they're a team it's like i want there to be a, a, like the ending of this has to have all three of them in their outfits fighting together right like that and, yeah and yeah. then and then it does so good job it does which is very satisfying yeah i was trying to think if there are any other superheroes who do that because it's a really good idea especially if you don't have superpowers yeah and I and i can't i mean i'm sure there is somebody but i can't think of anyone off the top of my head that like they have the exact same costume that hides their identity. And then at any given time, they could be uh, any one of them and they can be multiple places at once. Yeah. And it, it seems like you could do really interesting things with kind of like their relationships, right? Because these characters do have commonalities, but they're also like in very different places in life. Right. I mean, right. one is the daughter of a gangster and one is a research scientist and one is a detective. And like, you think that that would like make for some really interesting things about like how they perceive like life in Gotham and justice and, and we don't get any of that. There's no time. Um, right. So that's unfortunate. And, you know, but I guess it's, it's good that it leaves me like hungry for more of that. Um, but it, it, I feel like they could have done a little bit more of that. And like, that would have been, uh, you know, I, I could have done with a little bit more of the three of them, like talking together and like figuring things out and maybe 10 minutes less of Bruce Wayne on a weird date. So <laughs> Yes, I agree with you completely. Like, I really enjoy the movie. I like it a lot. It's it's a fun movie. I like the idea of the Batwoman, but I I definitely think like I long for the extra fifteen minutes of their story. Mm-hmm. And especially, you know, so in the kind of the big fight at the end, which is kind of neat because we basically have like these three different kinds of battles going on, and uh, Bane is there because I guess they need another villain at some point. And I was like, eh. because Bane, yeah, I don't know. You know, when when Penguin announces that he's calling in more backup, I'm like, it's probably Bane because like you know, I don't know who other right. who else you could bring in that would be a name character that would fit that role, <laughs> uh-huh. right? So, um, and I don't particularly care for the redesign of Bane, but yeah. Um, yeah i don't i don't like that version of bane a lot but i I guess i appreciate that hector elizondo was his voice actor yeah like you know good (laughs) yeah i think that the voice is fine uh i just i didn't know if 
I'm not sure if he needed to be in the story. Um, no. Yeah. And, you know, I think that the, the kind of, it's almost like the last, like, 15 maybe minutes or so is like this giant set piece with this the ship that has all the the weapons on it and things are exploding and like people are drowning and batman's fighting bane and and the different batwoman women are doing different things and like it's pretty exciting uh but like there's a lot going on um and it was maybe a little longer than i i perhaps needed to be but that that happens with some of the dc stuff i mean there's there's i love justice league but i just watched a bunch of justice league episodes and it's like i forget how much of this is just like superheroes punching each other um, yeah yeah i think it's that sort of i like it's like a power rangers episode mm-hmm. which it's funny to compare it to but like you have sort of your 10 15 minutes of human being set up and then you have 10 minutes of power rangers punching stuff mm-hmm. and i i think my interest in that has declined from where it may have been in my younger days so yeah it's also interesting i've been watching a lot of japanese animation including you know from the 80s 90s and early 2000s and the how far ahead their animation styles were particularly Mm -hmm. for action stuff to ours like it's it's sort of really strange to go back and watch these shows that i loved as a kid that I thought had like amazing mind blowing animation. They really did in a lot of ways have like amazing mind blowing animation, but watching this final fight on this boat and like things were flat because Mm -hmm. that's just how we do it here. And the way bodies moved was cool, but then the background wasn't dynamic and just how much more. And obviously tastes may vary, Mm -hmm. but it's sort of interesting. I definitely felt it here a lot in the action scenes, like how different and actually not even just action scenes, but some scenes of like, bruce's face smiling Mm -hmm. (laughs) and the way and that's part of the very stylized art deco batman stuff but um it's just kind of really interesting to be watching at the same time uh anime from that Mm -hmm. era and just see this huge difference yeah styles beyond the obvious Mm -hmm. like face shape and stuff there's one really brief scene that just that made me laugh a lot uh which is I forget. I think I guess he's probably Batman is sneaking around uh, the Duquesne uh, penthouse, and he's like in. I guess he's maybe he's in uh, uh, Kathy Duquesne's. I don't know if it's her bedroom or an office or somewhere. And one of the like reoccurring henchmen that we've seen like pokes his head in, sees Batman, and then like turns around and just walks away. <laughs> yeah, that was really good. They just meet eye to eye, and Batman does his like slightly narrowing of the eye things and then the henchman just walks away that was very funny yeah and the other henchman is like what what's going on and he's like nothing nothing at all yeah <laughs> nothing at all everything's fine yeah. uh yeah that was a good scene i also actually really like the opening sequence like uh after the truck fight the like it wasn't the titles exactly but there's this musical interlude of batman and batwoman both sort of flying through the city mm-hmm. with this really like sexy solo saxophone and it, i actually really enjoyed it a lot more than i didn't even remember it was in the movie mm-hmm. But uh, rewatching it recently, I, it was something that really s- stood out. I really liked that a lot. It was very cool and a highlight of the style, and it sort of showed similarities between the characters, which was nice. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, this makes use of music. Like, I don't remember music really at all from Batman the Animated Series, other than like the classic title and and, and credits music. But like, I don't, I don't really. I mean, I assume there is music occasionally within episodes, but it doesn't seem like it plays. Uh, as much of a role as 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 it does in here and we even have there's the kind of i don't know if you call it a musical number but there's like there's there's a song uh when people are dancing at the iceberg lounge and i was like this is this is unusual for i mean it basically probably shows they had some money (laughs) compared to other uh dc animated stuff that i've seen yeah it was i thought i agree with you like the music really stood out um not just in the you know in both of those scenes and the like sort of soft jazz it made it feel almost like almost like a film noir yeah. kind of even down to the having the femme fatale mm-hmm. um who you didn't know who the femme fatale was mm-hmm. right and the sort of mystery like this lady walks into his life it's really three ladies walking into his <laughs> life and um batman solving that while he's got another lady in another town and mm-hmm. so i i said it set a really interesting tone that i felt like i wish had been carried through that kind of by the big battle at the end sort of was gone so i guess one of the big things i am curious about is how you feel about the story, given that it is it does we basically don't end up with Batwoman being uh, the the Cat Kane from the the comics, um, and the choice to have three th- uh, basically three identities, and and that none of them is really uh, particularly close to the the Cat Kane that you you know and love. Yeah, so it's it's Kate Kane. Sorry, Kate. Um, 
I only can correct you because I'm sure there's some cat cane out there somewhere. No, I somehow we, related to a bad. I want to get it right. <laughs> but um, yeah, so the cat cane in the comics didn't even exist at this point. Oh, the one okay. that is in current continuity. Yeah, so I don't know if DC like had plans at this point. Like, you know, I know I don't know how separate animated and comic were at the time or how much they talked to each other. Um, but the only Batwoman in continuity at this point was the Kathy Kane version, mm-hmm. sort of old school, who I think was dead in this continuity or, or was like maybe only on Earth 2 or something like that. <laughs> oh, comics. Um, <laughs> yeah, good old Earth 2. Yeah. And just throw them there if we don't need them for a while. Uh, so, yeah, what? but because of the way I did this, which was like, I had, I mean, I had watched the animated series, I watched Fast of the Phantasm, but when Batwoman was re- reintroduced into the comics, I... I went back to watch this thinking it was going to be her. <laughs> and then they introduced this character with a very similar name. And I was like, Oh, I guess that's her. Um, and then, it, you know, it unfolded like that. And I was like, Oh, so this had, and then I sort of realized in that sort of, duh, I should have paid attention. This came out before. Uh, I, I guess I had always assumed she was the Batwoman of continuity, <laughs> but she wasn't. Um, but I, I mean, I liked it. I always sort of like, different takes on characters i'm a big fan of that um it was a surprise to me when i watched it but i think like i i like these three women enough that like for if for some reason they showed up somehow in continuity as batwoman in the suit or like if the batman batman beyond comics brought one of them in as batwoman there or something like that like um that would be cool. I like them. They're interesting. Mm-hmm. It, it, it's just a very different Batwoman. Yeah. And she is just with a very different relationship to Batman. And even from what I knew at the time when I was watching, and certainly now, 10 years later, um, she she's like none of these three. The Sonya character is the closest because she's essentially a Renee Montoya clone. Um, but yeah, it's it's just a very, very different character, but I think kind of as enjoyable to sort of watch in the context of this mm-hmm. yeah i think that you know i i really enjoyed this uh and i feel bad that i had like totally overlooked this i think because it was direct to uh to to, to video it had just kind of slipped off my radar uh it was a great thing to check out it's not very long uh and it, it, it's it's a fun four-parter and it's it's or if you think of it as four episodes uh it's it is as fun as watching four episodes of batman the animated series i think it also probably was off my radar because it came a couple years after uh, Batman the Animated Series had ended, so like I was probably just not paying attention to stuff as much. Uh, so I would totally recommend that people check this out uh, if they enjoyed the Batman Animated Series uh, or, or other Batman-related stuff. Uh, Sam, you know a lot about uh, Batwoman. Do you want to make some suggestions as far as comics for where people might uh, go to learn more about Batwoman? Yeah, sure. So she appeared in 52, if you want to roll through all of 52. Um I recommend it. 52 is one of my all-time favorite events, but it's 52 issues, so understandable if that seems overwhelming, and she's a small part of it. Um, But then she's in Detective Comics for a little while, but I would say the real place to start with her would be her Batman series written by Greg Rucka. Um, Actually, I just said Batman, didn't I? I meant Batwoman. Um, So she's in (laughs) Detective... It's tricky. (laughs) It's tricky. So many bats. I referred to Danny DeVito as Batman earlier this episode, unless I've edited that out, because (laughs) there's there's a lot of characters and we're talking fast because we're excited. (laughs) Yes. Uh, Yeah. So, I mean, anything sort of around, I think it was around 2007, 2008, um, where Greg Rucka was writing the series with J.H. Williams, and that's Detective Comics and then Batwoman. Um, Those are good you know, stick with it while J.H. Williams writes it, if you can. Uh, I think it's really good. Mark Andreco took over for a little while. It was pretty controversial um, because she was supposed to get married, and then DC said she couldn't, and then fans took that as a, like, oh, does that mean gay people can't get married in your comics? And it was... Then DC said, oh, no, nobody can get married in our comics, which was not... <laughs> I mean, whole nother can of worms. Yeah. So... The the so J.H. Williams uh, left and Mark and Draco took over and did this sort of controversial storyline where Kate becomes a vampire. <laughs> um, comics, I, comics. I kind of liked it as a person who's a very big fan of the lesbian vampire trope, but it and it is a trope. It's mm-hmm, a thing. Mm-hmm. Lesbian vampires are a thing, and uh, but it definitely your mileage may vary. As long as I think I think as long as Greg Rucka uh, or jh williams are on it you're good mm-hmm. and then the current books um marguerite bennett so this is rebirth so some of the characters switched in rebirth and got new backgrounds or some got 
completely different. Like the old Superman is back with a family and whatever. But she, Batman woman, Batwoman is pretty much the same uh, at this point. They're they're filling out her backstory a lot now in Marguerite Bennett's Batwoman, which is on issue like five. So it's an okay time to jump in. And then Detective Comics, I recommend to almost anybody who likes Bat books or team books in the DC universe. It's a great book. Um, because it's a team book, she's not always the lead, but she's there pretty much every issue. Uh, it has fan favorites like Clayface, uh, but also Cass Kane, who I love as uh, she was Black Bat for a while in the early 2000s. And uh, now she's, I think they just refer to her as orf- Orphan. Um, and then Spoiler's in it, and Azrael is in it, and Batwing is in it. It's 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 a good book. It's also, I have that. to say, I like a lot of team-up books I find not very accessible because it's like, I don't know the backstory of all these people or like what has happened to them in the last two years even if i'm familiar with like like i know who robin is but i don't know what happened to robin last year because i'm not following the robin specific titles uh that team up in detective comics like i did not feel lost uh which is you know like it's sometimes it's hard not to feel lost in comics i agree with you i have a hard time it's why i never was really into the x books Mm -hmm. other than like Generation X, which I started with right in, right away, and there were enough characters I recognized from the TV movie. That's just a real obscure one right mm-hmm. there. There was a Generation X TV movie, um, but that that other than that, like there's so many X Men, and they're so hard to keep track of. Um, you need a chart, yeah. You need a chart, and the Justice League was like that for a long time. I f- tend to find DC a little bit more accessible just because it's what I grew up with. But um, yeah, Detective Comics I think is probably the most approachable team book that uh dc's do i mean i'm not reading all of them but it's certainly the most approachable team book from dc in a really long while mm-hmm. uh, and they do there's a there's a little mini event called night of the monster men which is actually really good i like it <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah it's like there's this like pl- this drug that turns people into monsters and there's they have a really good artist on it and it's it's a fun little book cool yeah well, I think this is great. We, we've talked a bunch about a lot of stuff. Uh, I think this is a great movie for people to check out, and, and hopefully people do. Uh, and you've given us some great uh, comics recommendations, and I'll put a bunch of these in the show notes. Uh, cool. I highly recommend people, uh, if you want to learn more about, uh, hear more about comics commentary, and also uh, you talk a lot about Doctor Who, uh, following Sam on Twitter. Uh, I do it, and it improves my life. Oh, thank you. Uh, Sam, do you, want, do you want to remind people where they can do yes, that? Yes, uh, I am at retconning. Mm-hmm. Um, at Twitter, so and I do talk a lot about comics and Doctor Who. That's one hundred percent accurate. <laughs> uh, but those are things I care about, so I enjoy it. Um, and your your avatar is still uh, the question, so that's how you know if you're it, in the right place. Yes, it will probably be the question until they shut down Twitter. That's that's a good policy to have. So, well, thank you so much for uh, returning as a guest. This was great. Uh, you're you're like in my my trinity of three people I know who like know so much about comics, and I love talking to comics about because you're. Uh, your oh, your knowledge you. is very deep. Uh, my my friends Lisa Lisa Smizer and Jeremy Goldstein are the other part of that trinity. Uh, but it's a yeah. it's a good group of three people to know. So uh, this is really great. Thanks so much for being on the show. Well, thanks for having me. Goodbye, nerds. Goodbye. Next week, we return to Superman the Animated Series. Joe Steele joins me to discuss the episode, Nighttime.